Welcome to Acquire, Tearsheet's marketing podcast. I'm your host, Tearsheet's head of studio, Rebecca Cohen. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking to a company that I've been fangirling over for quite a while. Who even fangirls over a company in the financial space? But honestly, it's true. When I first heard of earning, and that's earning without a G, I did just a simple Google search and found a lot of Facebook groups with a seriously huge community of everyday people just sharing about their financial struggles, supporting one another, not only with advice, but also literally going out of their way to help. Despite being total strangers on the internet, I really hardly use Facebook, but when I do, the earning groups are among the few that I check if to see if I can learn something new, but also just to feel cheered up by seeing some of the good in the world. So. I feel so grateful today to have Brittany Williams with us on the podcast, the CMO of Earning, to talk about building this community-based brand, making products for customer needs with the customers, and flipping the script on what we think about when we talk about the millions of people who live paycheck to paycheck. Brittany, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. I'm so excited to have you here to talk about Earning, and I invited you specifically to teach us about how Earning has been building this community-centered brand, both the how and the why. So maybe let's just start with that. What does that even mean? Like any good company, it means that your customers sit at the center of everything you do. Um, It's incredibly important to us, um, especially for the customer that we serve, that our products and services always start with what their needs are. as you may know, financial services um, was built a long time ago, and it wasn't always built with our customer in mind. Um, we mainly serve customers who are living paycheck to paycheck, um, which happens to be over 100 million Americans now. Um, and I think in the last few weeks, even as inflation has gone up, like even more so. So we're really focused on making sure that um, those people are having products and services designed specifically for their needs. Something I liked right away about earning was your origin story. So can you share with our listeners a little bit about that, please? The inception of the product really came from our founder, Ram. Um, And that happened in a very organic way. Um, He was working, um, running another company, and he had a employee come to him and say, hey, I need to get an advance on my paycheck. And he realized very quickly that that was an extremely hard thing to do. Um, So he started doing it out of his own pocket and keeping track of it in a spreadsheet. And then um, more and more people asked for the same sort of help. And so he did it for more folks. Um, And once the spreadsheet got public, he noticed that people that he didn't know were asking for that help. And he realized that this was going to be um, something important that could serve the world. (laughs) Because oftentimes when people, you know, really need that short-term advance, it's for something important in their life. Um, And it's really based on the idea that, you know, we think about everything in the two-week pay cycle. but life happens in real time. And so it doesn't mean that you're not managing your money well just because you don't have something in that moment. It means that you have a need and that the pay cycle is not set to the way that your life is set. So the way that I think about it is trying to align to a people's lives so they can live a better life. And money obviously sits at the foundation of that. It seems like every brand today is customer centric, you know, but something about earning is just actually doing it, (laughs) you know, like one of those ways is your Facebook groups, as I mentioned, but also your blog. You have a lot of helpful tips there to um, help people, empower people to to utilize your services, but also manage their financial lives better outside of that. 
Um, and in your blog, you're featuring some real-life customer stories with their real-life names, their real-life photos, and their real-life personal experiences. From a marketing perspective, I'm wondering, do you use these as um, just like tokens for expanding your reach? You know, I, I'll just be totally honest with you. I don't think of it as expanding our reach. I think of it as understanding our customer. I mean, it really is that foundational for us. Um, in terms of the marketing strategy itself, I think that if we're serving the customer well, they'll actually talk to their friends, their neighbors, their coworkers, um, the people they know. We have a huge word of mouth strategy that um, underlies everything that we do. And I think that's because we're community-based. So again, the question, what does it actually mean to be a community-based product? What does it mean for you as a service provider? How does that business model even work? The way that it really works for us is when you create a community, when you offer a service that someone doesn't have to pay for, that kind of blows people's minds. Like anyone can come and use our product at any time without paying for it. Now, obviously, they have the option to tip. But when you're in the position where you really need that money in that moment and someone says to you, hey... We're going to give you access to your own pay. We're going to do it without a credit check. We're going to do it without making it a loan. You're not going to get dinged on your credit if you have a problem paying us back. We're going to make it to avail available to you without having to jump through a bunch of hoops. Like you can't begin to know what that does for people. Like they it just builds a huge amount of trust, right? And from there, we find that people are more inclined to start telling their friends about it, right? Because they've just like, it's kind of a, like, honestly, people are a little suspicious in the beginning. <laughs> They're like, is this really too good to be true? Can this be a real thing? And that sits at the foundation of our community because what we find is that if someone can't tip one time, they won't because they're not in a position to. And for us, like, that's an okay thing. But what happens over time, um, I just saw something this morning, actually, and this person was talking about how when he was in law school, he used us several times. And then as he graduated from law school, he actually started to tip more because he knew that he was now in a position to tip more. And so he wanted to make sure that the service was available for others. So when I think about community, the product really sits at the center of it, but it's really our financial model underpins the ability for the community to support each other which is a pretty incredible thing. Um, and then we have features within the product that really connect consumers to each other, like our Boost, which is one of our groups. So let's get into that. You know, um, talk to me about the landscape of that online community. Um, there's only on Facebook, and from what I've seen and some, some of the groups that I'm in, there's so many groups. I counted 11 different earning groups, official and unofficial, some of them 500 members, some of them 12,000, and then... You also have the helping group um, that was originally specifically just for COVID-19 relief, but then went on to just become this ongoing support group. Maybe you can just like paint us a picture of how did all of this formulate and also how much control and management do you actually have over all these groups that are associated with your brand? So um, let me I'm just going to do a quick count. One, sure. two, three, four, five, six, seven of the groups are owned by us well, or, or managed by us and come from the company. Um, and then the other groups are owned by the community um, and really popped up on their own. So we have Helpin, which was formed during COVID-19. It was really just to be able to provide assistance um, and has grown its own legs and run far beyond that. That's the biggest group. So we have about 18,000 members in there. I think it's growing to almost 19,000 people. And that group really um, is about the community member helping each other. 
I'd love to put some color on that. Can you can you tell us any stories of like the types of community relationships that are formed in these groups? Um, so during COVID, there were some really compelling stories about um, people really helping each other out financially, uh, making sure that people had food, making sure that people had diapers. We had um, one person who needed a home repair and a guy literally drove from one state to another to go and repair another member's plumbing. So um, there are really compelling stories in that way in terms of the way that people are supporting. But there's also a lot of services that exist in there. So like making sure that you have access to local services. Can you find a job? Are you able to get support in your community um, for food and nutrition? So they're really pointing each other to those resources and saying, hey, did you know this was available? Um, this might be of help for you. And then now we see it really transitioning to an overall conversation. So, for example, today taxes are hot. People want to know, um, did you get your tax refund yet? Has it come in? Are you seeing any problems? Did you get this communication from the IRS? Um, so it just gives people insight um, into how they might be able to manage their finances. So like I mentioned, I'm in these groups myself, even though I don't even use earnings products, I'm not living in the U.S., just because I love to see it. I love to 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 partake in this wonderful human phenomenon. It's one of the more beautiful things on the Internet, um, bringing out the very best in people, helping us feel empowered in the financial struggles, helping people feel good when they're able to help somebody else. Um, and the beautiful thing, the really beautiful thing about this from a marketing perspective is that this is absolutely, completely entangled in earnings, brand, and service. And that's just crazy special. Um, you mentioned Boost, right, which is a group, but it's also one of your services. Can you maybe explain that a little bit? It's called Earn and Boost Official. This is actually one of my favorite stories. So Boost is the ability to connect with someone else in the community to boost their max, which means that they have more availability of cash. So Boost Official was um, started by one of our community members. So it originally was not founded by us. It was started by one of our community members, this amazing um, <laughs> guy named Jeff Brown. And he actually, we saw him in there and we saw him create this and we were like, Jeff is a really smart, interesting person and he's doing so much for the community. Maybe we could get him um, to do a little bit more work with us. So he came on as a part-time moderator um, and did that for about six months. And then last year I was able to hire Jeff. And so Jeff is now a full-time member of my team and he moderates all of our community. So, and it's just amazing because we've been able to, with Jeff's help, like really connect much more deeply because when you have those people who live in your community, like working inside the building, it really changes the POV and the deep connection that you have to your customer. So, um, so Jeff manages that one as well. And then we have an Earn and Express community, um, which is really, we have a product where you can get your pay two days early and that product has some unique needs. So that's a closed community that's uh, managed and we do a lot more customer service through that group. Um, and then we have our product champions. And that is a group that is really specifically focused on how we develop our products and services. So that's a deep partnership with our product team so that we're smarter about how we're building and doing some early testing with our customers. So this is really getting to the interesting point of why I'm so excited to, to talk to you and why I said I'm fangirling over earning because I think it's probably one of the more interesting stories in financial services, at least that I've heard of, because it's not, it's not just a kind service that like really serves millions of Americans in the more significant ways, but 
it's also so brilliant from a business perspective um, in the way that you're able to build and iterate your product so closely with your customers. I mean, I really, I'm so happy to hear you say that, honestly, because I think that that sits at the heart of who we are. I mean, honestly, it's the reason that I came to work here because you can, you can go and work at great big companies and then you can, you can, and you can do really great work. Um, and it's amazing and you can have a really good time and you can have amazing smart coworkers, but something feels different when you get up every day to go to work to serve um, your end consumer um, in a way that's really, really connected. Uh, and I know I keep going back to this, but like to understanding their needs, to understand their lived day-to-day -day experience. You know, a lot of the people that work at Earnin um, have a personal history where they personally were living paycheck to paycheck. So it, our employees carry that spirit into the work and having that understanding because I think it's really hard um, I think it's really hard to understand what that feels like unless you've lived that on a day-to-day -day basis. The feeling and the financial anxiety that people experience when you just like, I mean, that feeling is like you want to get to work. You are working hard. You're working smart. You're doing all the right things, but you're like, your car is out of gas because you don't want to put $100 worth of gas in your car, right? And then something happens, an emergency bill comes out. Now you can't get to, you can't get to work. It creates this spiral for folks. Like, People are really amazing and they do so much. And sometimes it's just little things in like the system of the way things work that trips them up. And so I think for us, it's about like seeing all of that hard work and seeing um, that ambition that exists in people and just wanting to make it as easy as possible and for finances to not be a blocker because it really does sit at the center of your life. Like financial anxiety, I don't care if you have, I don't care if you have a hundred dollars or if you have a hundred million dollars. If you ask somebody if they're stressed about money, they'll tell you yes, most of the time. Like it's a very, very universal thing to have financial anxiety. So whatever we can do to sort of remove that from the day-to-day -day experience of someone's life, we know that it, um, we know that it creates a space where they can focus on their family where they can focus on that next promotion, where they can focus on, you know, the schoolwork that they're trying to do and put their head in a different space instead of thinking like, man, I need $30 because I have, because <laughs> I mean, I, I talked to a consumer once and he was literally like, I need Mucinex because I had a terrible headache. So I just cashed out and I went to get some Mucinex and I was like, that is so fascinating to me. Like I wouldn't even think about like cashing out for $30 um, or for, for such a thing. But you know, now he doesn't have a stuffy head anymore. He's getting on with his week. Like it just changes the way that people experience daily life. You know, in that, I think earning is a really awesome example of where technology meets the financial system. Um, we talk about the unbanked. We talk about the underbanked a lot. Probably not enough, um, but it's a big population. We know we can't exactly put a number on them, but we, we know we have to think about them, right? But then there's a lot of people who are banked. They're just perfectly banked, but are completely not served well by the financial industry. Um, they're struggling because of their poor service that they're getting from the financial industry. It's adding more stress to their lives. Um, and then, you know, in our space, we're constantly excited by all these innovations in fintech that are changing the world through data integrations and seamless customer journeys. But then there's just millions of everyday people out there just worried about 
$30 from Usenex so they can get on with their day and be present at work or at school or at home with their kids. That's what we see the opportunity to do. And I'll tell you what, I mean, here's what I, here's what I see about our community. Like they are so smart, right? Like if you need, like people would say, oh, you need $30 from Mucinex. Perhaps you're not managing your money well, if you don't have that on tap, right? Not true. Not true. Like they have five apps, they have spreadsheets, they have whiteboards on their wall with all their bills that they're paying. They're like working so hard and so smart to keep everything on track. Like I guarantee that our customers probably could tell you on click like how much money is in their bank account, probably better than like most people that you know. So it's not, it's not about, um, it's not about laziness. It's not about an inability to like manage your finances. It's about how much income do you have available and is it available in the moment when you need it? Right. And we can help with the, in the moment when you need it. And it sounds uh, really simple and it's kind of hard to do in a way that's elegant and reliable and convenient and low cost. But if you can do that, it's pretty transformational for people. So, so I'm guessing, and it's, I think an educated guess that there's a ton of data at your disposal, um, about working cost consumers, about employment data, understanding people's income, their lack of income, their inconsistencies in income. What are you doing with all this data, if anything, to, um, to push your mission forward? Um, some really exciting things. So one, um, we take consumer privacy incredibly seriously. So um, it is easy. It would be easy when you have access to that much data to use it in a way that might um, create income for your company. And we choose not to do that. So we take the customer privacy and PII incredibly seriously. Um, I think um, one of the leaders in the industry. So I'll just start there because I think that's important. So everything that we do is um, done with that in mind. So we have some incredible partnerships. There's a group out of um, Harvard called Opportunity Insights. Um, it was founded by Raj Chetty. And we work with them to really understand um, people's economic experiences. So we do a lot of data sharing with them. So for example, during COVID, um, we were working with them to understand if you take away stimulus, does it um, incentivize people to go and get a job? People were really surprised to learn that it does not increase employment outcomes. And that's because people are already motivated for a job. Like, is it the right job with the right pay? Does it meet their needs? Like, that's what they found underneath that. So I think that the hypothesis was really, if you take away the money, it'll motivate people to go and get a job. But in fact, they found that that was not true. So we do a lot of um, data sharing and work on an ongoing basis with them. We're looking right now at a couple new studies. Um, one that I'm really interested in is just... What are, the, what are the emotional outcomes um, that people experience when they have more access to income? So it's very easy to say, hey, we know that someone is saving $58 a month in um, overdraft fees, um, right? We know that 66% of people can pay their bills on time. So those are very like tangible and specific outcomes. What's harder to understand is um, how does someone feel on a day-to-day -day basis like how has that financial anxiety been taken down? So we can see self-reported. So 
Um, we're not there. We're not there yet. But one of the things that we're looking into is how can we start to understand the emotional outcomes that people would experience on a day to day basis um, and tie that together with the great foundational data that we have that sits inside of our system. That's really amazing. Um, and I can't help but wonder, you know, Brittany, since since joining earning, I don't even know really how to ask this, but like, I guess, what have you learned about people? <laughs> you know, because cause, cause you're at this intersection of getting really close and personal into these really intimate moments. Like we said, the complexity of financial life, it's so emotional. Financial stress touches everything. It bleeds into everything. Um, I've been reading these threads in the groups for a while, um, and people are, they're really like bringing their full selves, you know, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like their hearts are just wide open. You know, it's a lot of like touchy feeling, um, language, but it's, it's true. Um, and you're, and you're up close and, and personal with that. I wonder what takeaways do you have about people? That, that's such a, that's such a nice way to put it like they bring their they bring their full they bring their full selves in every day so i'll i'll just give you maybe just like a peppering of consumer insights that we've had recently that i found um really amazing so one is we were talking to one of our community members um and she was a bank manager right she was a bank she actually managed the bank and she needed to get money because her son needed some equipment for um, school i think he was playing soccer and so she came to us because she needed to be able to get the paperwork on time um, and she'd been going through a divorce so um, i think that one of the things i've learned is that like you can't begin to know someone's experience right and what their day-to-day -day life is i think that people often think of like a low-wage worker as maybe someone who's living paycheck to paycheck but i think people are surprised often to learn that it's bank managers and teachers and all sorts of people and they have a lot of really really good reasons um, to want access to money in real time um, what we i'll tell you another interesting thing that we're seeing that we've learned about people is um over time as they use our product like they might come to us because they have an emergency use case right like so it's like something happened they needed gas or like a tire blew something happened and they needed to come to us so they use us and then what we find over time is even if their income goes up they continue to use our product because it gives them a sense of safety like there is a psychological safety that exists when you know you just have that little bit extra in the bank and it's worth it to them to you know go in and cash out just to have that so we see that behavior build over time which is interesting um because when you think about people sort of graduating from your product as a marketer i see an opportunity to continue to serve people in whatever stage they are um whatever stage they are in their financial life over time, right? Like you can really, you have an opportunity to grow with people as long as you can continue to anticipate those needs. You know, the word I was missing earlier that I was looking for was vulnerability. Um, it, it came to me as you were speaking because that's like, that's really what it is. It's That's the word that, that came to me as I was reading through these threads, through your blogs. People are being deeply vulnerable. They're sharing what they're struggling with, with strangers on the internet, and they're getting love and support back and this terrifying thing of not having the money you need when you need it it just becomes a little less terrifying when you feel like you have a support system and you can connect with others about it 
Um, and I've said this word beautiful a lot because it's really beautiful to me to see um, that a financial services company is the one that's facilitating that. And honestly, it's almost shocking. Um, this is really like the real deal of putting customers first. The brand attachment is outstanding. The way they talk about earning is something I really, I haven't seen or been fortunate enough to personally experience anywhere else. It always inspires us. I mean, I think that's the thing is like to be inspired by your customer is the best thing possible, right? And they are sharing, like they're incredibly vulnerable with us. They tell us what's really happening. Like struggle isn't pretty, right? Like it can con like can actually come with a lot of shame, right? But we also see these like really incredible moments where people, um, where if you can be with them, in that moment and stand with them in that moment and help them as they pass through it. Um, you can build a much deeper relationship. One, um, you know, I mean, we trust people to pay us back, right? Like we don't go after you if you don't pay us back. I'm sure that my CEO and my CFO would love me saying this all over the internet, but um, it's true, right? Like we don't do debt collections of any kind, right? Like it's a relationship that's built on trust and understanding and um, and a real spirit of generosity, right? Because it's the community supporting us as a service. It's the community supporting each other to make sure that it continues to be available when people need it. Um, and I think that for us, we want to make sure that we're shining a light, not just not just understanding those moments of shame, but also shining a light on the ambition, right? Like we, we interviewed a customer the other day and I think she was working, she was working on her master's degree, right? Like her picture was so complex. Like it looked like she had it all together. She had like the most amazing Instagram I have ever seen in my entire life. Like she was creative. She was going to school. She was helping her family. Like if you looked at all of the sort of surface stuff, right? But also like she needed um, and wanted to use a service like ours because it hadn't always been that bumpy, like, like that, that successful rather, like it always isn't a straight line for folks, right? Like in one minute, things are great. In another minute, things, or maybe they had trouble in the past. So, you know, this person who's getting a master's degree, um, I don't want to share too much personal data about her. I want to be respectful, but like might have a credit score that like, isn't so great. That doesn't put her in a position to take advantage of those, um, like, traditional services. So in a sense, you're, you're, you're betting on people um, and, and seeing what's possible in them. And they in turn, when they feel that, and when they know that um, they are willing to bet on you. And I think that that's part of what sits at the center of our community is just this reciprocal nature in this belief um, that we can do something that's a little bit crazy right? From the perspective, like, um, you know, from the perspective of like going to a traditional Silicon Valley investor and saying, hey, listen, we're just going to run on, on tips. I mean, Ram did that, right? And they were like, what are you talking about? And then it started to take off and they were like, oh, okay, we get it. We see it now, you know? But um, yeah, I think that the customer really inspires us every day and really puts us in a place to like, live in that space of vulnerability with them as much as we as much as we can. I honestly feel like I could talk to you forever, but I, I, I think that's a perfect place to end our conversation today. 
Thank you so much for joining us on the Acquire podcast. I think to date, this has been the most enlightening conversation I've had about actually understanding and meeting consumers where they are. And I hope that our listeners are able to take away a newfound inspiration to building fintech products that make life truly better for everyday people. This was Brittany Williams, the CMO of Earnings, speaking to us about building a community-based brand, building products for customer needs, and flipping the script on what we think about when we talk about the millions of people who live paycheck to paycheck. To read this transcript of this conversation, head on over to the Tearsheet website and to stay tuned for upcoming episodes of the Acquire podcast, be sure to subscribe to our marketing newsletter and follow Tearsheet on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas about the Acquire podcast, you can write them to me at Rebecca at Tearsheet.co. I was your host, Rebecca Cohen. Until next time.